Hello and welcome to Classical Stuff You Should Know, a podcast put on by classical educators working for Veritas Academy in Austin, Texas. Joined as always with, we have uh, Graham Donaldson. Hi. And AJ Hannenberg. Howdy do. And I am Thomas Magby. I am slightly concerned about our podcast right now. We had our last episode on heresies in which we are called a heretical podcast. And today we'll talk about demons, which I believe makes us a demonic podcast. So yes, well, we are sitting around having a council about yes, what we should do, which feels oddly similar to a scene from paradise lost. <laughs> yes. Well, today we are going to go into John Milton's paradise lost book two. Um, and, uh, just to set the scene for you, we're going to, um, Satan has, has lied to a one third of well, he lied to all of heaven, but one third of the angels of heaven believed his lie, and except for Abdiel, except for Abdiel, uh, they all believed his lie, and then they uh, fought God, and God uh, smoked them out of heaven, and they fell to hell, and um, were laying on the ground, rolling around for nine days, or they fell, they fell and lay in the in hell for nine days, just being absolutely smoted, and then they got up dusted themselves off, and they decided that they needed to figure out what to do next, so they did what any group of people do when they are trying to figure out what to do next. Formed a committee. They formed a committee. Yay. After building a sweet demon castle. They built a sweet demon castle named Pandemonium. Yeah, it's really cool. It's made out of gold. Isn't that where we get the word Pandemonium? It is, yeah. It's the city in hell where we get the city of Pandemonium, and um, they decided that they would uh, have... They had a congress. Um, So they are... They had some elected officials. These elected official demons were in their representative uh, government uh, sit around and debate what they should do next. And all the other angels are, they make themselves kind of small so they can all fit in the room and watch mm-hmm. this council. And watch is that right? this. Oh, so true. it's a council. It really okay. is. Um, they, the, 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 the angels can are grow, there. They can grow and shrink. Oh, sorry. The angels are there. The demons are. Oh, demons. The other, oh. They're demons they, now. They were Only angels. recently angels. Okay. Yes. Um, and so huh? they get together and they have this debate in a congressional uh, session about what they should do next. But Milton makes it really clear that even though Satan uh, acqui- uh, Satan says, yes, we should definitely have a Congress, deep down, Satan has already made the decision about what to do next, and he in no way is going to listen to um, the votes in Congress. If they all vote to hmm. do one thing, Satan is going to, by power of rhetoric and back-channeling, is going to get whatever, uh, he, get wants. whatever he wants anyway. So, we are going to look at, and I'm going to read you parts of Paradise Lost. Can I ask, is, so that that system, that is in contrast to heaven? That is, is in contrast to heaven, where God is, um, is king, and uh, his word is law, and uh, angels um, um, uh, obey him in love and sacrifice, and God uh, serves them by loving and creating, and um, creating a yoke that is easy. Plato would be like, see, I told you guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, and then Satan says, no way. Is the best way, we don't need no king. We can do this ourselves. We should have elected officials, right. <laughs> a representative government. But, um, and that's, but it doesn't really work because nah. Satan doesn't really believe. I feel like the founding fathers are rolling in their graves right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Milton's politics. Uh, I mean, Milton also was part on the side against the king in hmm. the English Revolution in the 17th century. But anyway, I don't know enough about Milton's history and his politics to draw any connections to what's happening in hell. All I know is that Satan says that it's going to go one way, but really it's just like a despotism under a veneer of democracy. It's kind of like Aristotle when he ranks the governmental systems. I think the, the best is a monarchy 
with a good king, mm-hmm. but the worst then is a tyrant. Mm-hmm. So it's like the mirror image that yep. like, yeah, the twisted of the best is like the absolute worst. And so democracy is his, it's the f- ranked four out of medium. six. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And so it's the best of the worst, but yeah, it's not as bad as the other two. So we're going to read, this is also, so you can do many things if you were teaching Paradise Lost. The, the, the passages that are put forward by the demons are just great examples of persuasive rhetoric in their own right. Um, they are incredibly fun uh, to listen to. And they all have one, they all have a bunch of mistakes that they are making about God's nature. And, um, and Milton, you know, you can sort of extrapolate that and think about our own lives about um, the things we tell ourselves about our duties and responsibilities and the lies that we, we tell ourselves in order to not have to do them. So, so first up stands uh, one of the, the first angel demon to stand up in Congress and to speak. Um, this is what Milton says about this guy. Moloch, sceptered king, stood up, the strongest and the fiercest spirit that fought in heaven, now fiercer by his despair. His trust was that the eternal to be deemed equal in strength, and rather than be less, cared not to be at all. With that care lost went all his fear, of God or hell, or worse he recked not, and those words thereafter spake. So Moloch says if we, you know, if we can't, if we can't win, um, then we shouldn't exist at all. So he's used is, to being the strongest, and when he found out he wasn't the strongest, he's like, well... What does life matter anymore? Exactly. So you got like an Ajax thing going on in here too. Um, yeah. Yeah. Kind of character. All right. Classical reference to the Iliad. Mm-hmm. Big fighter. Not not renowned for brains, but definitely renowned for brawn. For throwing down. He killed himself after he couldn't have Achilles' armor. That's right. Quick aside. Um, and what's the play where they talk about that? There... The play? There's a, or there's a. The thing I, I, I read with the faculty is from Ovid's Metamorphoses, mm-hmm. and it's the, it's called the Judgment of Arms, and they have this big argument between Odysseus and Ajax, and Odysseus wins pretty mm-hmm. much by refuting all of his arguments, and then Ajax gets angry, and in historicity there are two versions of what he does. Doesn't he go mad and like kill sheep or something? In one he kills a couple of rams that he thinks are the kings of Greece, and then <laughs> I think he goes on killing sheep for a while, and they're they're afraid that he will. Be able, he like he could kill those guys, mm-hmm. and so the goddesses confuse him. And then after he wakes up and realizes he's been killing sheep, he props. He's so his, embarrassed, yeah. Yeah, he's so embarrassed. He props his own spear in his armpit, which is legendarily the only way that he can die, and leans on it and kills himself. The other one is in Ovid. He just stabs his sword into his chest, and then the very force of his blood pushes the sword back out, and then makes a little flower on the ground. He must have had some like. Yeah, some blood pressure issues. Yeah, he, I'd <laughs> say he's, if he can push a sword out of his chest with his own blood pressure, like you got to get that checked you gotta out, get man. Calm down. Yeah, you got to stop eating salt. Lay yeah. off the sodium. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. deli meats, not your not, not your forte. Not your jam. All right, Moloch. He stands up and says, "My sentence is for open war. Of wiles more unexpert, I boast not. Let them let those contrive who need or when they need, not now." For while they sit contriving, shall the rest, millions that stand in arms and longing wait the signal to ascend, sit lingering here, heaven's fugitives, and for their dwelling place accept this dark, opprobrious den of shame, the prison of his tyranny who reigns by our delay? No. Let us rather choose armed with hell flames and fury, all at once over heaven's high towers to force resistless way turning our tortures into horrid arms against the torturer. So, first argument is, 
we can either so the question is should we fight god toe to toe or should we do some kind of like sneaky cloak and dagger guerrilla warfare and he's like no we're fighting god toe to toe because are we gonna let all these eggheads sit around and like talk about their plans and the rest of us and all of our armor is just gonna sit around we're gonna get flipping bored Hmm. let's go fight god now he says we're we were beaten and we can now turn our tortures into horrid arms against the torturer so take all that hellfire and make something sweet out That's of it. That's right. Take all that anger. And maybe we, that just gives us, like if if God and, and the devils was like 5149, well, that hellfire is going to turn that 49 to like, you know, 55. 50, yeah. yeah. And then we can like, then we can win it. We then just we got to up back. our power level just a little bit. Which mm-hmm. is like objectively not true. Which is objectively not true. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And if you, uh, this, this moment happens early in the book, but mm-hmm. later in the book, it actually describes what happened in the fight. Yeah. And you when want, it was just angels, go, oh man, there's so go much cool it. stuff. So I don't want to go too far. I'm not going to go too far into it. If we, if we get to Abdiel and like that whole thing later, probably won't, but probably won't. But basically when the angels and the demons are fighting, it's kind of, it's just angels versus angels. Yeah. There's no God. Right, right. God isn't in it. And so it kind of goes back and forth. And eventually Satan realizes he's losing. He gets smoted by, I think Michael and, he has to go drink wine in his tent. He's all he has like, to go drink wine in his tent. Like and they sore. have to put him back together because he's made of like weird angel goo. And then they're like, ah, what we got to do is we got to make siege machines. So they make these machines. And for a second, they gain the upper hand. But then the God's angels realize like, oh, we're strong. And so they just start lifting mountains and hucking boulders <laughs> at these machines and, and wrecking them. And eventually Jesus comes and just says, enough. And, and like waves his hand way it is it is the most effortless thing and just tosses them out of heaven and they are so they don't even know what happened like the, they're thunderstruck they are falling they're in pain and they're like what thunderstruck I, don't, I have no idea what you're... Oh, you don't listen to ACDC? No. This is a cultured podcast, sorry, Thomas. I am clearly not. Sorry. <laughs> well, listener, we'll take care of that after so the podcast. That's the last time we ever saw Thomas. But, <laughs> but this this fellow who thinks that he can up his power level and take on Jesus is clearly not yes. remembering mm-hmm. the fight very well because it was effortless. Mm-hmm. Jesus rode up with a horse and then everything exploded. Like, mm-hmm. that's pretty much what happened. I'm going to skip a little bit. I'm not going to read everything that Moloch says. Then he says, but perhaps... The way seems difficult and steep to scale with upright wing against a higher foe. Remember, God now has the high ground. Yeah, we don't have the high ground. He's like (laughs) Obi-Wan. I have the high ground. (laughs) I have the high ground. Um, Let such bethink them, if the sleepy drench of that forgetful lake benumb not still, that in our proper motion we ascend up to our native seat. Descent and fall to us is adverse. Who but felt of late when the fierce foe hung on our broken rear, insulting and pursued us through the deep? That did not happen. With what compulsion and laborious flight we sunk thus low? The ascent is easy then. The event is feared. Should we again provoke our stronger, some worse way his wrath may find to our destruction? If there be in hell fear to be worse destroyed... What can be worse than to dwell here, driven out from bliss, condemned in this abhorred deep to utter woe, where pain of unextinguishable fire must exercise us without hope of end, the vassals of his anger, when the scourge inexorably and the torturing hour calls us to penance, more destroyed than thus, we should be quite abolished and expire. What fear we then? What doubt 
we to incense his utmost ire, which, to the height enraged, will either quite consume us and reduce us to nothing this essential, happier far than miserable to have eternal being. So, so his his two mistakes here are assuming that his nature is still one that ascends. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's missing that he's flip flopped. Yeah, he's now. like going up is going to be easy because heavens are home. This is where we belong. Going home, like the you know the driving home is going to be fast. And then his reasoning is hell's the worst. So if we fight him and we lose, at least we're not here anymore. At least we're not here anymore. And maybe if we tick God off a little bit more, he will blast us into non-existence, and that's better than just like farting around in hell. Yeah, that's a bummer. Yeah. So that, that's, remember, it said that he, he lost his strength and therefore it is like, it's better not to live. So if God blasts us into non-existence, that may be a good thing. And he says, or if our substance be indeed divine and we cannot cease to be, we are at worst on this side nothing. And by proof, we feel our powers sufficient to disturb his heaven and with perpetual inroads to alarm, though inaccessible, his fatal throne, which, if not victory is yet revenge. So that last argument is, well, if God's not going to destroy us and turn us into nothing, we will get up every day, we will assault heaven, we will like rattle his cage, and even if we get beaten back down to hell, every day we will ascend and every day we will fight and every day we will we will throw down, and that is like a revenge. It's it's we are going to show God that we have not submitted or yielded we will do an eternal, like, screw you with our, with our rage and anger and fighting spirit. This is Moloch's. It's the, his whole thing is better to die on your feet than live on your knees. Yes, that yeah. kind of thing. And so he ended frowning and his look denounced desperate revenge. So this is Moloch's speech. Okay, so Moloch is for open war. The next little guy to stand up is awesome. And I have, I have lots, I mean, all of these, all of these characters end up becoming, you could even, even say that they are, you know, types or tokens, or you could even say that there are stereotypes of attitudes that we have in regards to our sin against God. And Moloch is the open rebellious, I will never submit, I will never yield, um, and maybe I can get one over God eventually. And I've even heard yeah. that these, the, each of these attitudes espoused by the demons. And how many demons actually stand up? Is so there's going to be three, and then there's three, and then there's Beelzebub who gives Satan's speech, which is, hey, we should just go wreck man. Right. And I've also heard that not only is it our attitude towards God and our sin, but it's, it is the natural reaction of man in crisis and severe loss. Mm-hmm. You've just lost everything. Mm-hmm. And so this is the, well, things can't get worse. I might as well fight against mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Right. So you, if you want to see these three things outside of the Christian faith, you can look at, you know, the, this is how we kind of react in crisis. Mm-hmm. The first one is things can't get worse. I might as well give it my full rage. Good. On the other side, up rose Belial, in act more graceful and humane, a fair person lost not heaven. So he is just the most attractive of all the angels. He seemed for dignity composed and high exploit, but all was false and hollow. Though his tongue dropped manna and he could make the worse appear the better reason to perplex and dash maturest counsels, for his thoughts were low to vice industrious, but to nobler deeds, timorous and slothful. Okay, hold on. That that uh, he could make the weaker arg- argument seem the stronger. Mm-hmm. That's what all the philosophers accuse the sophists of. Mm-hmm. Yes. That, that that feels lifted straight from antiquity. Oh, it, yes, it is. Yeah. He could make the worse appear the better reason. So Belial loves that taking, Aristotle? That's like straight from Aristotle. I, th- I think it's Plato where he's saying that this is what, this was um, the, this is what Socrates was accused of. 
Yeah. No, maybe not. It was what the sophists were accused of. It was a trick that the sophists played. Was, yeah, I thought it was early Aristotle's rhetoric. In any case, it's it's yeah. Yes. Yeah, so he loves to take the position that is the weakest and use his fancy words to get people to agree to it, not because he believes it, but because he's lazy. He's lazy. Mm. He's slothful, <laughs> and uh, but he is industrious in some th- in some things. But he's industrious in vice. Uh, it says to great. vice industrious, but to nobler deeds timorous and slothful. He admits this. Yeah, he admits this. Oh, no, this is this is what Milton is saying about oh, him. Oh, about him. Yet okay, he yeah. pleased the ear and with persuasive accent thus began. There it is. Now, okay. we're not going to read all of Belial because Belial's is very long. We're just going to read parts of it. But his is very long. And going through it and analyzing just the rhetoric of it, if you read Moloch, he's got these like little short, punchy phrases. Um, Belial has these long, meandering sentences. And I think that's rhetorically done on purpose. Um, I even, I read the whole thing out to my students. It's, you know, about 200 lines. And I tell them, I say, about halfway through, you guys are going to feel real sleepy. And that's on purpose because Belial is lulling you into laziness and sleepiness. So at the end, you're just going to be like, yeah, <laughs> whatever. we you should say. just do what he said. Yeah. And I said, that's on purpose. So we're not going to read all of it because you, uh, you poor podcast listeners, but this will give you a taste of what Belial says. Um, I should be much for open war, O peers, and not behind in hate. If what was urged, main reason to persuade, persuade immediate war, did not dissuade me most, and seemed to cast ominous conjecture on the whole success. When he who most excels in fact of arms and what he counsels and in what excels mistrustful grounds his courage on despair and utter dissolution as the scope of all his aim after some dire revenge. He's like, so he says, basically Moloch's best argument is that at best we could be destroyed by God and not exist anymore. He grounds his courage on despair. First, what revenge? The towers of heaven are filled with armed watch that render all access impregnable. Oft on the bordering deep encamp their legions or with obscure wings scout far and wide into the realm of night, scorning surprise. Or could we break our way by force and at our heels all hell should rise with blackest insurrection to confound heaven's purest light? Yet our great enemy, all incorruptible, would on his throne sit unpolluted and the ethereal mold incapable of stain would soon expel her mischief and purge off the baser fire victorious. He's like, yeah, we may be like be able to smack around a couple of angels, but we're not going to shake God's throne. Like Moloch said that God is going to like, we're going to rattle his cage. We're not rattling his cage. We might lightly harass the dudes who are on the very frontier, but That's right. God is going to have no, oh, they attacked again today. All right. <laughs> Thus repulsed, our final hope is flat despair. We must exacerbate, um, sorry, exasperate the almighty victor to spend all his rage, and that must end us. That must be our cure, to be no more. Pff, sad cure. For who would lose, though full of pain, this intellectual being? Those thoughts that wander through eternity to perish, rather, swallowed up and lost in the wide womb of uncreated night, devoid of sense and motion. But I was like, I like thinking. Right. I like having thoughts. You guys really want to go to nothing? You guys want to go to nothing? That's better than living here? And then he goes on a little bit. Is that um, his proposal? Just... That's one of his proposals. He says, so we don't want to do this. Um, oh, yes. And this is good stuff. So read this. And who knows? Let this good, whether our angry foe can give it or will ever. He's like, maybe he won't 
blasts us into nothing. How can he is doubtful that he never will is sure? Will he so wise let loose at once his ire, belike though in impotence, or unaware to give his enemies their wish and end them in his anger, whom his anger saves to punish endless? Wherefore cease we then? Say, they who counsel war, we are decreed, reserved, and destined to eternal woe. Whatever doing, what can we suffer more, what can we suffer worse? Is this then worst, thus sitting, thus consulting, thus in arms? What, when we fled amain, pursued and struck, with heaven's afflicting thunder, and besought the deep to shelter us? This hell then seemed a refuge from those wounds. Or when we lay, chained on the burning lake, that sure was worse. So he's saying to Moloch's argument where Moloch says, there's nothing worse than hell. He's saying, uh, do you remember being, when we fell into a burning lake and we said, this burning lake sucks, and now we're sitting in a, in a, a fancy gold castle talking about what we should do next? This, this is, is better. clearly better than that. And the, the lake itself was a refuge from the very the, thunder of God, which, right. if I remember correctly, was horrible. So, but, but Belial is saying, yeah. there is surely worse. We, there is a, we are living on a spectrum here. And God, if you wanted to, could bury us under that lake or throw a mountain on our head or do all sorts of terrible things. And he says, if your argument rests on him destroying us, you really think he's going to destroy us when he preserved us to torture us? Mm -hmm. Like that's that's where his anger, you think his anger is going to go so far as to make us nothing when he could just torture us worse? So then Belial's got like 25 lines or so of all the terrible things that God could possibly do. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And then he ends with this. War, therefore, open or concealed alike, my voice dissuades. For what can force or guile with him, or who deceive his mind, whose eye views all things at one view? He from heaven's height, all these are motions vain, sees and derides. No more almighty to resist our might, than wise to frustrate all our plots and wiles. Shall we then live thus vile, the race of heaven thus trampled, thus expelled to suffer here chains and these torments? Better these than worse, by my advice, since fate inevitable subdues us, and an omnipotent degree the victor's will. To suffer, as to do, our strength is equal, nor the law unjust that so ordains. We're going to skip a little bit ahead. He basically says that um, God has the capacity to make our lives worse. And so he says... um, If we're strong enough to do it, we're strong enough to stay here and suffer this. Yes. He says, maybe if we stay in hell long enough, we will get used to it. And he says... Our pure essence then will overcome the, the, their noxious vapor, or inured not feel, or changed at length, and to the place conformed in temper and in nature, will receive familiar the fierce, heat, the fierce heat and void of pain. This horror will grow mild, this darkness light. Besides, what hope the never-ending flight of future days may bring? What chance, what change worth waiting since our present lot appears for happy though but ill? For ill, not worst, if we pr- uh, procure not to ourselves more woe. So, Belial basically says, if we hunker down, maybe over time, we will kind of get used to hell. You know, when you're in a shower, we'll be the like frogs in the boiling pot. Exactly. Yeah, and right it's now super- it's real hot, you guys, but look, we can be we comfortable frogs. It. But yeah. all we need to do is like not tick off God anymore so that he continues to ratchet up our pains. Let's just chill. Let's just be real quiet. Um, and let's definitely not do any more fighting. Let's just say, stay here and maybe God will kind of ignore us over time. Especially because even now his eye sees all and he probably sees our com- current conversation. Yes. So he's if he's strong enough to smote us, he's wise enough to foil us. And then he has 
um, an argument that says, who knows what the future may bring, which is often a, a great way to like, you know, um, further deeply embed your sloth is to say like, who knows what could happen? Maybe this, maybe the sink will clean itself, right? (laughs) (laughs) Who knows what's going to happen? So bringing this back into, to crisis, Mm -hmm. this is the argument where I've lost everything, but things could get so much worse if I try to fix the problem. Mm -hmm. So So this is right. Better the devil I know than the one I don't. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, then, and then the third one, Mammon, and I'll read a little bit of Mammon, and then we can talk a little bit about the lies that they're saying and then how um, um, there are, like, things that I – there are arguments that I find sympathetic, and then there are argu- and which I think are, you know – anyway, let's read Mammon first. Uh, do you say you sympathize with demons? Is that what That's you what said? I just heard, too, yeah. There are uh, arguments I, that are sympathetic. I, I sympathize with heretics. You sympathize with demons. No, no, so, but the whole yeah. point is, like, what is it about my sympathy with it? Is that a, is that a deficiency in my character or – is I got something. Yeah. Let's just read Mammon first, and then we'll talk about it. Um, Thus Belial, with his words clothed in reason's garb, counseled ignoble ease and peaceful sloth, not peace. So Milton clearly has an opinion yes. of this. Yeah. yeah. Um, and after him, thus Mammon spake. And Mammon is the demon that was really jazzed to be in hell because there were so many <laughs> beautiful um, jewels oh. and gold everywhere. The really? hills of hell are filled with precious stones. And Mammon was psyched when he saw this because he loved all that stuff in heaven. All this stuff was just in hell already. Yes. It's just sort of like, yes, the, the hills are filled with um, with precious stones and jewels. It's mm. kind of weird, isn't it? Yeah. Maybe an effort on Milton's part to show that money is not part and parcel to heaven and that the good things of life sure. don't come with it. Mm-hmm. Sure. Right? Hell has money just as much as heaven has money. Yeah. Like it's born out in life too. Either to disenthrone the king of heaven we war, if war be best, or to regain our own right lost. Him to unthrone, we then may hope when everlasting fate shall yield to fickle chance and chaos judge the strife. The former vain to hope argues as vain the latter. For what place can be for us within heaven's bounds unless heaven's Lord supreme we overpower? He says, if we're going to go up to heaven, we got to like, we got to win if we want to be there. We can't just, we, we can't just like fight God. If we want to go back to heaven, we got we to actually win and take that throne. Suppose he should relent. And publish grace to all, on promise made of new subjection. With what eyes could we stand in his presence humble and receive strict laws imposed, hmm. to celebrate his throne with warbled hymns, and to his godhead sing forced hallelujahs, while he lordly sits our envied sovereign, and his altar breathes ambrosial odor, odors, and ambrosial flowers are servile offerings." This must be our task in heaven. This our delight. How wearisome eternity so spent in worship paid to whom we hate. Let us not then pursue by force impossible, by leave obtained unacceptable, though in heaven our state of splendid vassalage, but rather seek our own good from ourselves and from our own live to ourselves, though in this vast recess free and to none accountable, preferring hard liberty before the easy yoke of servile pomp. Our greatness will appear then most conspicuous when great things of small, useful or hurtful, prosperous of adverse, we can create. And in what place soe'er thrive under evil and work ease out of pain through labor and endurance. This deep world of darkness do we dread? 
How oft amidst thick clouds and dark doth heaven's all-ruling sire choose to reside, his glory unobscured, and with majesty of darkness round covers his throne, from whence deep thunder roar, mustering their rage, and heaven resembles hell. As he our darkness, cannot we his light imitate when we please? This desert soil wants not her hidden luster, gems and gold, nor want we skill or art. For whence to raise magnificence? And what can heaven show more our torments also may in length of time become our elements? These piercing fires as soft as now severe are temper changed into their temper, which must needs remove the sensible of pain. All things invite to peaceful counsels and the settled state of order. How in safety best we may compose our present evils with regard of what we are and where, dismissing quite all thoughts of war. Ye have what I advise. And then everyone cheers for him. So what's Mammon's, what's Mammon's uh, uh, plan? Stick around in hell and like love it. Yeah. We can like... Uh, it may not be the most fetching place, but at least it's, it's free. It's got potential. Right. Yeah, you guys. Hell's got great bones. <laughs> yeah, we. <laughs> it's a fixer-upper. Yeah. I, I hear it, but we can flip this sucker. Yes. Mammon says, if we go back to heaven um, and sit there and have to like sing songs to God for the rest of eternity, that sounds terrible. No, we've got our own country now, boys. We've got art. We've got skills. We have abilities. We've got raw materials. We can turn hell into our heaven. I and think I think the the biggest thing is that he says occasionally God will put storm clouds around His throne, yes. and it'll look all dark. If He can imitate darkness, we can imitate light. We can imitate light. Mm-hmm. But rather seek our own good from ourselves. Right. This is what is what he says. Every year, students are real they like sympathetic one, right? to yeah. Mammon's argument. But it's interesting that you said that he's the one that you find least sympathetic. No, no, I find Belial least sympathetic. Yeah. Um, but he's Belial's like, let's just keep our heads down and hope he doesn't hurt down. us. Um, but Mammon is real sympathetic because he's got the like work ethic. We can work our way out of our sin and despondency, and we can sort of build. We can build hell. We don't have to follow God anymore. And then he's got we this hold on like to freedom. He's got this naturalization argument. He's like, eventually. This country will be our country, and we will be hellion. Like, we will be hellish. We will no longer have the accent of heaven. We will have uh, adopt our new accent of hell and our new customs and celebrate our own traditions. It's, it's, it's like the, um, yeah, it's, it's, the colony, it's the colony argument. And it, it is, uh, I think, quite persuasive. You know, we can be the, the hard, hard, yoke, hard freedom then to this, uh, this yoke of servile pomp. But aren't they, isn't he wrong? Yeah. And so the question is, uh, why is he wrong? Because there's no, because you can't develop hell into heaven. Yeah. You cannot work out a new good apart from say, good. You can, you can use darkness to obscure light occasionally as God does. Mm-hmm. You cannot work light from darkness. Mm-hmm. Sure. And on top of that, I think he understands, he misunderstands freedom, right? He sees being servile to God as servile pomp, right? It's this horrible thing he is forced to do hymns when in reality, the only freedom comes from Mm -hmm. that and that being a slave to one's own vices is worse. So teenagers like Mammon because they, they have a like, well, um, they've got a rebellious. They're like nuts to you. I'm going to go, we're just going to go do it ourselves. We don't need your rules. We don't need your laws. We, we all know what's up and we can do this thing. Yep. So the, so then, and eventually a student will ever say, well, Mr. Donaldson, like what actually is wrong with Mammon's position? Because it sounds really logical and it sounds like, let's just, let's just do it ourselves. And we're also in Texas and we've got that like Texas can-do attitude amongst the students as and well. And we did 
shouldn't try to take this country and make it into our own country. And yes. <laughs> well, but the, what, isn't the problem with it that it's in hell that he's making the argument? Yeah. So, so I, right I now, give he's, them, so Mammon mm-hmm. is like the secede. Yeah, he is. He does have a secession, a secessionary mindset, which yeah. I think is fine in you know temporal existence if for country you know for people to want to do it themselves but so the question is what is wrong with mammon so i I tell my students this i say okay remember these demons are eternal they're never going to uh fade away or die and i say let's say mammon is right and they build this perfect society what happens when 20 demons disagree with the way that the rules have been out laid out and the students kind of work that out amongst themselves. And I say, okay, ultimately, what's going to happen? What do they realize that they can go do? And then a student says, oh, well, they'll just go own. and start their own second city. Right. And I say, okay, now we got two pandemoniums in hell. And then what happens when in the second pandemonium, some other demons disagree with some of the decisions? And then, you know, then they say, okay, we've got another split. And then the first one splits again. And I say, okay, work that out for 10,000 years. What eventually happens to these demons? They each get their own and the kingdom. students say, they each live in their own kingdom of one. Right. And I say, welcome to the perfect definition of hell, right? Like each, yes, mammon may, there may be like an initial excitement of doing this together and going against the powers that be, but work that self out when you don't have, when you are not conforming to goodness and you will eventually come to sort of discord with one another and you will become isolated and alone and, and, and bitter doing your own saying, I can do this better myself. I don't need anybody else. And that's, that's the tell loss of hell. Isn't that what C.S. Lewis, yeah, his, his hell that's where I in, the idea from too, in mm-hmm. uh, the great divorce mm-hmm. is that, well, everybody's neighbors, but the building materials are all free. You just yep. sort of think it and it shows up. And so well, I don't really like my neighbor. So they, everybody moves further out. Yep. And the people who have been there the longest are the furthest from the city like because Napoleon. they hate their mm-hmm. neighbors mm-hmm. so much. Like you, you can use binoculars and see Napoleon's house 300 miles away. It's just a single and light. he's still he grumbling about his, how his generals failed him and right. that kind of thing. Yeah. So then when you phrase it that way, then, then the students are sort of are like, oh, okay, that does make a lot of sense. I, I also say, imagine if we were, um, you know, if, um, if we were on a road trip with each other for 10,000 years, like eventually you would, we would all want to be away from one another, right? Because there's still that sinfulness working inside of us. Um, so then, yeah, okay, so then what are the lies that all of these demons tell each other? So Mammon's lie is, is it's uh, that goodness and evil, that this fight is like a, is, is a, a 51, 49% power imbalance, mm-hmm. um, that God is surmountable. Well, and not only that he's surmountable, but that he's flappable. Mm-hmm. He thinks that his constant assays into the hum- the kingdom will, is going to rattle the cage, yeah. when really that cage doesn't rattle. That's right. And God is not going to be... Yeah, it, he's not hairy. He's or not bothered. scared. You can't, you know, you know, uh, um, you can't flank God. Right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> How we got really got you today? No, yeah, you didn't. No, I didn't. No. Um, so that's Mammon's mistake. And then he's um, what's Belial's mistake? Thinking that they'll get used to it. I mean, yep. that's part of it. Yeah. And thinking that the solution is ease and thinking that maybe God will relent on his rules if they just keep their heads down. Okay. And maybe the other way to think about this is how can we relate this to our own our own lives of dealing with our sin and, and the arguments we make against God? Um, from When I think of Belial, I also think of we'll God isn't going to let us alone. Right. Like God we'll is be not happy go- if we just yes. don't deal with it. We will not be happy if we just don't deal with it. God is not just going to leave us. Like if we just say... If we just sort of sin and do something terrible and then say, oh, crap, I am not going to do something. T- Let's just not do bad things for the next week. And God's going to forget about it and just keep your head down 
and like just tough it out and it's all just going to go away. Like It won't. It won't. That's not yeah. how like um, God is not going to leave you alone. <laughs> and really prob- problems don't work like and that. And problems don't if work like that. If you just sort of sit in the them. problem, the problem doesn't get less. It gets worse. And And you say the pain we feel now, maybe we can get used to it later. Also, I don't think it's true when it comes to when it comes to you know sins against God. Like the, um, sin doesn't sin doesn't get better with time. So time does not heal. Yeah, all wounds. Mm-hmm. Time right. does not heal sin. Um, uh, sin deepens. And what's that uh, Chesterton quote? Um, you cannot maintain a level of evil. Oh yeah. It, well, it's it's from uh, Father Brown. It's from the Father Brown mysteries. He's talking oh, to this the famous of evil, right? thief. No, it's not the. It's he says, look. You can maintain a level of good. You can be continuously good, but you cannot be this sort of raffish, wonderful evil where you're dashing and great forever. You will become more base. You will do worse and worse things until you are some twisted creature that that's horrible, right? You cannot you cannot maintain like a little bit of evil. Yeah, you it's can't gonna get keep worse. the floor of evil. It's always going to keep sinking down. Yeah. The floor is going to drop out from you. Men may keep a sort of level of good, but no man has ever been able to keep on one level of evil. That road goes down and down. Yes. Yeah. So, um, okay. And then Mammon's lie. What's Mammon's lie that he tells himself? We we can make this just as good as heaven, and yeah. we can have we can have freedom apart from God, and we can abstract a good from good without having to hmm. conform to all of good. I hadn't thought of it that way. Or we yeah from from evil we can create good. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and I think this is that, that that hits on the theological notion that evil is not its own thing; mm-hmm. it's only twisted good, mm-hmm. right? You can make evil from good. You can take something that was originally good and make it bad, mm-hmm. but you cannot take. You there, can, there's no evil essence to make into good. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't work the other way around. Mm-hmm. The the devils in C.S. Lewis's Screw Tape Letters say, despite our the best efforts of our R and D department, we've never invented <laughs> our own thing. Yeah. Like there's no such thing as a pure evil, mm-hmm. and you as the listener might point to certain things, but it's all some, some twisted good, right? Mm-hmm. Even murder is the, the twisting of life and the twisting of relationship. Or, and, or some sense of justice or, or some, some sense right. of... Some sense of um, justice. Yeah. Uh, you know... But is Maimon correct that there is art and discussion and culture in hell? He is. I mean, the, the, so... Um, so are there good things? Well, it's not good things okay. because the things that they're pointing to are not goods. And I'm going to read... So the next section that we're going to read a little bit is... So this council ends with Beelzebub standing up and saying, like, no, this, we can't turn this into our own place. Um, God, this is God's prison. This is not our neutral territory to turn into our kingdom. Uh, he says, so let's go, and, let's go and break something that God loves, man. And, um, and he gives my, the favorite line, my favorite line in the entire. Um, so he, he says, he got this big old speech where he says, um, um, let's, uh, let's go destroy God's kingdom. Well, let's go destroy God's new creation, um, as opposed to sitting here and uh, talking about what we should do. And he says this. So he gives this big old speech about this. And he says, he says, advise if this be worth attempting or to sit in darkness here, hatching vain empires. Okay. I love that line. That yeah, line hatching vain empires is so good. It's such a like dig at mammon. Anyway, um, so then everyone agrees with Beelzebub and then Satan stands up and he's like, I'm going to do it. And then some demons are like, I'm going to help you. And he's like, no one's going to help me. Huh. Because I want to do it to get all the glory. Yeah. He doesn't say that. He says, I'm doing it because I'm your king. Huh. And I should serve you, is what he says. But he's he clearly just wants the glory. He clearly just wants the glory. And then he says, so then Satan at the end of this says, I want you, this is answering your question in a roundabout way about art, maybe. Yeah. Um, 
Um, Satan says, try to do something in the meantime. Um, uh, um, well, he says, um, go therefore, mighty powers, this is Satan, terrors of heaven, though fallen, intend at home while here shall be our home. What best may ease the present misery and render hell more tolerable? He says, go and figure out ways that you can make hell just sort of more tolerable while I go off and, and go on this mission. So the demons go off and they do a bunch of different things. Um, some I will just describe and some I'm actually going to read. So the first thing that some of the demons do is they get together and they organize Olympic style games. Mm -hmm. So they get together and they like joust and they wrestle and they, and they like give each other medals and they, and they play war games. Um, like it, knights on shining armor and horses and they joust well? each other. Hmm? Does it go well? Yeah, it's fun. Okay. Because, you know, they're just bored and they're playing games. But it seems like ignoring the big problem. Yes. <laughs> so they're jousting. And then some do this. Um, others, more mild, retreated into a silent valley. Okay. Sing with notes angelical to many a harp their own heroic deeds oh, and hapless fall by <laughs> so doom good. of battle. So, <laughs> so they go off and they sing songs of their own deeds right. of like what happened in the war of heaven. Like, I totally smoked that angel, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, yeah. in the war of heaven. But also their hapless fall by doom of battle ah. and complain that fate free virtue should enthrall to force or chance. Their song was partial, so their song was biased. But the harmony, what could it less when spirits immortal sing, suspended hell and took with ravishment the thronging audience. So everybody was really into the songs, so even though the songs were about oh, the person. fate is so hard. I'm so virtuous, yes. but it was just chance. It's just chance, chance led and me fate. here. Fate, it's, it's, it's such sad a sad breakup songs from heaven. I was once a glorious angel, <laughs> now a terrible demon. And everyone is like, oh, because they feel the song same. is so sad and so good. Because they feel the same way. Yes. yes. So they're singing sappy, sweet, breakup, sad songs about their former status. And then they're also singing songs about how awesome they used to be in uh -huh. heaven. <laughs> and Milton says... So it's bad because it has a bad moral lesson. Yes. Okay. But this beautiful sounding. And right, it exactly. suspends hell. Right. Um, and, then it, and then this happens. Um, in discourse more sweet for eloquence the soul, song charms the sense. Others apart, sat on a hill retired, in thoughts more elevate, and reasoned high of providence, foreknowledge, will, and fate, fixed fate, free will, foreknowledge absolute, and found no end in wandering mazes lost. Of good and evil much they argued then, of <laughs> happiness and final misery, passion and apathy and glory and shame, vain wisdom all, and false philosophy. Yet, with a pleasing sorcery could charm pain for a while or anguish and excite fallacious hope or arm mm. the obdured breast with stubborn patience as with triple steel. So what are they doing now? Just having a chat. Yeah, they're, they're making themselves feel better temporarily. They're making themselves feel temporarily by having like vain, wandering philosophical talks. But what actually is fate, you guys? What actually is pain? Is what we're experiencing truly really pain? pain? Exactly. And then someone would be like, maybe it isn't. And then they'd be like, okay with hell for a couple of days. Right. They've given themselves an inoculation against misery just for a couple of days. You ever seen, they, it's like uh, there's, a, there's a comic that I believe is somewhat famous. Uh, it shows two doors and over one door it says heaven and over the second door it says books about heaven. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It's that same thing. Exactly. Like, like, these people could like, 
Actually, I don't know if repentance is available to the demons after they've been kicked out. Um, if I work out the logic of Milton to my the best of my abilities, it seems like repentance is even available to these demons. It's only not available to Satan because he was self-deceived, self-depraved. But all of these demons fell because of a lie that Satan told them. And the lie was, Satan says, I am an uncreated being. Mm. Or, no, he says that God didn't make me, necessity made me, and I just sort of popped into existence. Wow. Or where at least he argues, like, you can't prove that I yeah, haven't yeah. been here mm-hmm. for it. Like, they all came into the time at the same time, and he's like, I don't know my, that he's my real dad. Who can prove that you're his, you know? So Satan says, I have the capacity to be on God's throne. So now it's time to, like, out with the old and with the new. And so some demons are like, okay, cool, let's go with it. Yeah. So whether or not they can repent is kind of squishy. Well, some just, some passages seem to indicate that they can't. Some passages seem to indicate that everybody but Satan could. Uh-huh. Just to say that of the arguments the demons make at the beginning of what you were reading, none of them says we should go back and say we're sorry. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, there there's at least a possibility of them being welcomed back in. Yes. And they don't talk about that. Yeah. And none of them want to drink the cup of humility to yes. the bottom. Right. So here's the last one. Another part, it's real short, another part in squadrons and gross bands on bold adventures to discover wide that dismal world, if any climb, perhaps, might yield them easier habitation. So, other demons get together and they just go on adventures. Mm. They go and explore hell to see if there's any other place in here in hell that could be better for them. Whenever I teach this section of Paradise Lost, I'm always very convicted, especially about the sitting around and talking thing, because that's like literally what, what we're doing we do. right now. Oh. The idea being like all of these demons have a central problem that they are ignoring. They need to repent. Like they are wrong yes. with God. Yeah. But they are all burying that in these tasks. Some demons are burying it in sports and saying, you know, if we want to sort of even extend it a little bit and have some creative license, they're saying, I don't want to think about God. I'm just going to focus on the 60 minutes on the, on the court or whatever. I'm just going to focus on whatever sports task I have in front of me because that makes sense and everything else kind of sucks and right. I don't want to think about it. Others are like, oh, yeah, like, you know, the pain is good and we can turn it into like a, just a creative expression fix of our pain. Art. We can fix it with art. Which I think is baloney nonsense. Like people who say, "Oh, I, I took my pain and I and I turned it into art, and that solved the pain." I never, I have never really bought as an argument. I, I, I don't, I don't. I always feel like it's just a temporary fix. You, you can't. And this is sort of Dorian Gray. The expression of it doesn't solve it. The expression of pain does not solve the pain. Yeah. Even artfully rendered expressions of it don't. And, and this is this is why breakup songs are so dangerous. Yeah. They, they give a panacea, but only during the song, and then they remind you of everything, and it's, it's so terrible. Right? When, uh, is this in, the Boethius thing? Mm-hmm. That- yeah. The, the very first thing that happens when Boethius is put into prison is that wisdom comes down and tosses all the, the poetesses out, all the muses of poetry. She's like, they're not helping. Like, mm-hmm. you're expressing your sorrow in poetry or wallowing in poetry doesn't help you. And it seems to me like there's three levels here. We have the level where it's, I'm just going to ignore the problem, right? There's distraction with sports. Mm-hmm. And then there's the, I'm going to sing about the problem and have my feels about it. And you it. could probably say that the distraction with adventures is that first one too. Huh. We're just going to go on road trips. We're just going to go and we're going to, you know, just hang out and do cool stuff and, Not you know, deal with. 
and problem. not think about the despair within. We're just going to like jump off mountains in our squirrel suits and seek after the, yeah. seek after the excitement. Then we're going to have the feels. And yeah. then the last one is we're going to do philosophy, which uh, it's, it's funny mm. how much I think C.S. Lewis stole from Milton oh, for, sure. for the great divorce, because there's a character. Do you remember the character on the bus? Yeah. And he decides he's going to start a theological debate right. society. He in turns hell. around and he's like, oh, you sound so smart. Would you like to join my club? And he's like, what club? And he's like, we're going to have a talking group where we sit around and we talk about theology. And he's like, uh, that's what you want to do. He's like, man, I just want to get some actual real theological discussion here. Everyone in here is so stupid. And then it's, it's that he's, he's like honestly ignoring the truth that is staring him right in the face. And for me, this is throwback for a second to one of our early episodes. Again, the difference between myth and dialectic, right? Dialectic tears things apart and tears things down and investigates endlessly while myth gives you an example of the good and you can recognize it instantly and follow it, right? Mm -hmm. You can analyze the good or you can do the good. Mm -hmm. So the demons sit around and by analyzing the good, they they can, um, what is he, what's the actual line that he uses? He says, um, with pleasing sorcery could charm pain for a while. Right, just by by talking about this. So basically, they're sitting around. They are literally having conversations about predestination. Right, right. <laughs> and then in their conversations about predestination, it's kind of making them feel better about their sin and fallenness. And it's like, oh, okay, well, it just had to happen. And then, or whatever their whatever lie they're they're believing, or whatever sort of empty philosophy they're going around and around and around with. When really, every one of these demons is ignoring the absolute central problem that they are in a wrong place with God and that they are have they are not repenting. And so, you know, in talking with students about this, so then students will event, uh, inevitably raise their hand and say, okay, so is like playing sports evil? And it's like, no, <laughs> it's not. But it's, we all, but it could as, be. we mean, all as human beings need to examine our motivations right. for doing things. If we are creating art and music because we want to wallow in our sadness because there is a certain kind of pleasure in wallowing in sadness, then that is a bad motivation than creating something beautiful because you are partaking in he who is all of beauty. If sports are a way to if, distract you from exactly. whatever you're, you should be dealing with, then that's a problem. If sports, if you say to yourself, like, I only understand who I am in those 60 minutes of competition right. on the field and and I, that's when I come alive and everything else, I just don't, you know, uh, I, you know, I, I'm not who I am. I'm, I am who I am when I'm like throwing the football, like that's, a, you're running away from a full humanity right. there. But if you can enter into it in the right way and you, your heart and relationship with God is good, well, then those sports are the place where brotherhood can grow and where competition can be done in a friendly way and virtues can form and gentlemanly conduct can be, can be upheld. And, and, um, you know, you can grow morally by being a good competitor for sure. And then the last one, you know, maybe is the most obvious to the three of us since since we are um, we sit around and do a podcast every week right. uh, is sitting around and talking about uh, about things has a has a seductive nature to it. If you don't really care about the conversation, if you don't really care about right. truth and you just care about, about like talking, talking. And, and sounding smart, right. it can make you feel like you've got things figured out. Or you can say, at least I know that I don't have things figured out and take some sort of solace in that. But actively seeking out after truth and then when finding it saying oh you do it i found it now i need to do it right um is hearers of the word versus doers of the word exactly and so that's the um and so these demons are so milton is showing is doing this because he's showing you know this is not just demons he's saying no this is this is people right. this is what right. we're doing um is that we, we we're hiding from these things so we all have lies that we believe about god to 
to, um, you know, keep us from repenting. The demons all have these various lies that they are telling themselves so they don't have to repent. And then you have all of these various actions that they do, the busyness of life, the tasks of the tasks of the day to bury yourself, to snow in, to snow yourself under from the, 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 the central burning problem, which is your heart is in discord with God. And until you solve that, everything else is going to be sort of unsatisfying or is just going to be fleeing from uh, – it's going to be – it's going to be fractured. Uh, you know where the, where the what, where, what diabolical actually means? The term say of the devil, but – I mean that – it is of the devil, but it, the actual root word means to pull into pieces. Huh. So a diabolical thing is to take a hole and to separate into its parts and leave its parts on like the table. That's diabolical. That's what that, that means. Um, so that kid that like pulled his sandwich apart at lunch. Well, no, I was kidding. Oh my gosh. No. Wow. Oh my. <laughs> no. Our entire yeah. sandwich can never fulfill its telos. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but they, but that's what they're doing, right? They've like they're pulling their lives. Can you become a lunch monitor and, and tell people <laughs> these poor middle schoolers taking, what you're doing is diabolical? <laughs> oh, they're so taking sorry. their they're taking what is a whole. They're taking nature and creation and and themselves, and they're fracturing themselves, and they're pulling themselves into parts, or they're being pulled into parts, and then they're trying to exist as pulled apart creatures and just sort of try to find meaning in the midst of brokenness, which is language that happens in the church nowadays that I also have very little tolerance for. Because is we over-focus on we over-focus the brokenness? We on, on the brokenness and not on the sanctification of putting the pieces back together and being a saint. Uh, yeah. um, and that is what the demons are doing. They are, they are trying to like cope with the brokenness as opposed to the, the hard work of, of sanctification. Which begins with repentance. Anyway. In my so. personality talk over the summer, part of it w- was to say that um, we there are like three identities for, those, for, for Christians, and one of them is to say that we are sinners, that we do make bad choices, so that's a piece of it. One is to say that we're sufferers and that bad things happen to us that we mm-hmm. don't necessarily choose for ourselves. Like, that is a part of life. But then the third part is that we are saints, mm-hmm. that we, yeah. if we're in Christ, then we've been, you know, we're in Christ. But the most pushback I got was on the saint piece of that identity, oh, man, which, which, which is terrifying. It is terrifying. I understand it, but because it's a bold claim to say that you are a saint, you either think of saints as, you know, only like the super, super holy that like their bodies don't decompose or, or you, most people just thought of themselves as only sinners. So I guess I understand that, but it's not true. Yeah. I, I to me, it's, it's just, um, yeah, it, it's it's a wallowing that is that yeah. is not um, Unhe- unhealthy mm-hmm. and also not what what as Christians we're called to do, which is the the business of sanctification. Yes, another Chesterton quote since is um, Man, that, he's a, a reader. If you've not dived into Chesterton, Chesterton yeah. like get on that bus, reader, listener. listener. <laughs> well, they soon will be um, readers. Sure. A, I, I recently flipped through. I think it's called the Essential Chesterton. Mm-hmm. And it was a collection of his essays, and it was lovely. Each one was only four or five pages. It was wonderful. Even his yeah. fiction is great. I, if you, even it's just a story, he'll still say smart things. He's great. There is um, a quote that he says, the beginning of it I can't remember, but the gist of it is that, you know, you need to root out sin every last hair and feather. And I think about that little phrase all the time. I think about, like, you know, the little hairs and feathers you find in your pockets mm-hmm. and all the little sins that are just sort of in the corners of your house. Like, like the call is to root it all out. It's not just to like try to exist in the midst of the brokenness. No, it's to unbreak. It's to it's to piece back together with the help of the spirit. So diabolical. Yes. Um, so you, just yourself, the world around you, the you want to put any you claim, so you start with any me. limits it's, on it's that. It's just yeah. yourself. I mean, you 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 have to 
um, I mean, you are called to be in community with other people. And um, I think you can't go down the road of sanctification, like a real desire to sanctify, to be sanctified, until you start to realize that you need other people for that to happen. Um, at least that's been my experience, is that, you know, when sort of taking taking the idea of sanctification seriously, you realize, crap, I actually need to be in community with people, which is sort of contrary to my baser instincts. Mm. Um um, so it's like Aristotle's talk about virtue, right? As soon as you decide to take one virtue seriously and try to do it, you realize that you need to do all the all other them, ones right. in order to perfect in that virtue. It's just, I mean, it's the same. It's the same truth and sanctification. Um, so I find it very convicting that the demons are literally trying to cope in a world of brokenness. Yeah. Um, um, and as opposed, to, and they're ignoring the central problem, which is like repentance and faith. Sure. Anyway, maybe a little bit of a shorter one, but that's yeah. that's uh, well, not that much shorter. It's fifty six minutes. No. So I don't, yeah, yeah. We're, I think we're well within I, our little range short. here. <laughs> yeah. Did I open? Am I doing this? Yeah, yeah. All right, awesome. So, thank you, listener. I guess therefore be a slash reader. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you, readers. Go pick up Chesterton. Literally anything. Is that true? Have you, there must be bad Chesterton. I haven't read a bad Chesterton. I remember over He's the... He's like espresso. Like, if you, if you have espresso. too much, you're, you're going to hurt your tummy. Ah, that's probably true. I, this, I find that way with Chesterton. I, I, I can only do small doses. This might make me a bad person, but when we did our summer reading group and we w- went through orthodoxy, that, that might have been my too much espresso moment. So, I... I I'm sure uh, there were a, a, quite a few people who were like, man, I don't like that book. I, I, no, no, I think I that's like an Otaquashio thing. Yeah, it's okay. Just not. I, I'm insufficient as a human, but just to, like to read all of it over the course of like nine weeks or whatever it was might've been too much for me personally, not saying objectively. So thank you. Loyal reader slash listener. We are online at classicalstuff.net. You can find us there. You can email us, email us at classical stuff at veritasacademy.net. You can find us on Twitter at classical C L S S C A L stuff at, at classical stuff on Twitter. It's anyway, I'm going to get this right. I think that's everything. What have I forgotten? Do we ever make mistakes? Do we? Ooh, classical stuff. Oh, hey, uh, the, what was it? The Peloponnese? Uh Those are not islands, (laughs) apparently. That's, it's a peninsula. It's definitely a peninsula. That's what I've been told. Like, what episode was that? Because that was before I was on the podcast. No, that was like three or four episodes ago. That was when we were talking about um, Sparta for some reason. Yeah, we were talking about. Oh, the the the, the wars, the um, speech Pericles. of Pericles. Oh, this makes the more sense. So we talked about the Peri- Pe- Peloponnese, and because I don't know geometry, uh, geometry, geography. Uh, I know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, <my> <laughs> I don't know geography, <laughs> so I don't know what things are. It's and not like it's are. rocket surgery. Yeah. Oh my goodness, <laughs> what is happening right now? That's a good it's one. Pandelirium. We, we had a couple people who told us that, so thank you. If you are one of those humans, we appreciate you. Yep, I get stuff wrong all the time. It happens. No, you never do. Okay, I'm trying to look through our email, and I think that might be it. I don't know. Anyway this oh quick note quick note one thing we got an email on a while ago and haven't talked about we did a how to write good podcast Mm -hmm. featuring our praise of eb white in the elements of style and white and one of our listeners wrote us a lengthy invective of eb white and his hatred for the passive voice when the passive voice really comes in handy sometimes so again i'd I'd say that i'm not fully convinced that eb white is a total hack I'd say some of his rules are are pretty good, but I will say that I think Prose Style by Stone and Bell is a far better writing manual. The passive voice is something loved by all. So. Oh my goodness. Thank <laughs> oh you. Much appreciated. All right. So this has been Graham, oh AJ, word. and Thomas. Thank you so much. And we will talk again soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.